0: Hey, I'm Nicole, your host of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On this show, we're going to be talking tangible action that you can take in order to achieve the life you thought was only achievable after retirement. Everything you want now in life, you can have it. Will it take hard work, patience, and uncomfortable growth? You bet it will, but it will be so worth it. On this show, we will be deep diving into the topics of lifestyle design, travel, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. I myself am a global citizen and world traveler who left my home country and conventional lifestyle behind for a life of adventure and following my passions. And that's exactly what I want for you. It's your time to love your work, build your wealth, and create the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Let's do this hello and welcome back to another episode of the work wealth and travel podcast i'm your host nicole aka Nomad Neeks, and on today's episode we're going to be chatting everything business entrepreneurship and software startups with jared ward jared has a background in supply chain e-commerce and software he has sourced millions of dollars of product from china and other countries He speaks Cantonese and Mandarin and has run a white glove sourcing division for madeinchina.com. He also has built various e-commerce businesses on the side, as well as ran a $20 million a year direct-to-consumer brand as the CEO of Qualtry.com. His current business is Luminous, which is the answer for medium-sized e-commerce businesses that struggle to scale because of their inability to implement effective solutions in their supply chain. I am so excited to dive in today's episode, so let's get right into it. Jared, I am so excited to have you on the show today and to dive into many topics surrounding business, entrepreneurship, and travel. So let's dive right in. Why don't we get started by you telling us a little bit more about your story, where you started, and how you got to where you are today.
1: My name is Jared. I am the the founder of Luminous. Um, Luminous is a software company that helps multi-channel e-commerce companies organize their backend data. So that's like an e-commerce brand will do purchasing and they'll do fulfillment inside their warehouse and reports and forecasting of their sales and connect these things to all the different channels. So Luminous handles that. We're an all-in-one system for e-commerce. And we'll, I guess we'll get more into like what Luminous does a little bit later. So, you know, how did I get where I'm at? Um, so, I mean, I guess I'll probably start in, in college. So I um, probably like a lot of people who listen to this podcast, uh, similar to you. You finish your education. I didn't finish mine, but um, I noticed halfway through college, like, man, this is a waste of time. Um, I, was, I was studying Chinese at the time, and I actually spoke Chinese already. I'd learned it from living in China for two years and from working speaking Mandarin and The thought was like, okay, I know I want to do business in China. I don't know what my major is. So I guess I'll just major in Chinese. (laughs) And then, yeah, halfway through, I was just like, I'm not learning anything significant in these Chinese classes. I already know how to speak Chinese. Like, what am I waiting for? Um, what do I want to do? Okay. I want to, I want to buy and sell products. Um, great. I think I can just do that right now. So I did. Um, so I dropped off college and I started selling on Etsy. And Amazon, I think I was 23, 24 years old, somewhere around there. And at that time, barn door hardware was like a fad. And so I just dove in, took a risk, like I bought a bunch of tools and I, I taught myself how to, um, uh, how to build barn door hardware, um, baby gates, barn doors, et cetera. And yeah, I was, so I was able to scale multiple Etsy shops, um, altogether from zero to a hundred thousand dollars first year. And um yeah it was it was just I just wasn't intimidated by the barrier to entry. You know, I bought a bunch of hacky cheap tools and taught myself the skills to to make products that were selling decently on Etsy. Um, so yeah I did that. Um, great intro to e-commerce. Holy shit it was it was great. Um, learned how to Select products, build them, some QC in there, distribution, um, running PPC campaigns to my baby gates to make it like a a really good selling listing on Etsy. Um, So I, I ended up moving on from that. I wanted to learn a little bit more how to do more distribution side business, more big box retail. So I actually ended up, I approached a local entrepreneur to... Just take me in. He was doing the things that I thought I wanted to do. Um, he, he had a distribution company that developed products, warehouse them and distributed them to HSN, QVC, Walmart, Home Depot, et cetera. So I just approached him. I was like, Hey dude, give me a job. Like I know more than your employees. I can speak Chinese. Uh, just came in all cocky and he actually hired me. So, um, he hired me, stayed on there for, for a year. Um, learned a lot about dealing with manufacturers in China, developing products and the difference between e-commerce versus like traditional big box distribution and it was really interesting. Um, then I moved on. After that, I got recruited by a company called madeinchina.com. So they're they're big. They're an Alibaba competitor. If your your viewers probably know what um Alibaba is. Um where you source you can like manufacture products so I, I ran a white glove sourcing division for for them and all that means is I had a bunch of e-commerce companies come to me to help them source products from China so they were having trouble getting the best cost or like getting nailing down quality or the you know freight in from China um, so I just managed that whole process for them so during that time I just I I, I I had a deep education in supply chain. I know, Nicole, you were telling me how you learn on the job, you learn by doing like, yeah, that's my MBA in supply chain is from actually like going to China, the factories and like actually managing supply chains for people. So um, got a deep intro and in education to supply chain. Um, while I was there, I also under, started understanding like gaps in the software market and um, just dealing with all of my clients, I saw like common themes in their their bottlenecks and their operations, and then also like even even common themes with you know communication between my clients in China and like how that can improve. So I built an RFQ management system that just stands for request for quote. I built that software to help to help facilitate better communication between our factories, and made in China, and the client. I ended up selling that to them um, and then moving on from there for my big idea, my big idea, I hope it's big, uh, which is Luminous. So after selling that system, um, I moved on to Luminous. So fast forward to present day, Luminous is, um, it comes from, me seeing a massive gap in the market, I serviced a lot of e-commerce companies, what I, what I call multi-channel e-commerce companies. All that means is, you know, they'll sell, they'll sell on Amazon, they'll sell on Walmart.com, they'll sell on Shopify. They do some wholesale. They also do this, like, which is kind of the trend nowadays. It's pretty rare that you just have a, a big brand or a de- decent-sized brand that just sells on one channel. So I saw those types of companies, I serviced them, and I saw man, there is not a system that is servicing these people. It's like, you have, it's like these massive ERPs or like these tiny little point solutions for like beginners. There's nothing really in the middle that's like quite caught on. And that's, that's when I set out to, to build Luminous. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a fast forward to today. There's a little bit more in there, but, um, probably a decent intro. Wow,
0: what a story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, It sounds like you have, it sounds like you're a true entrepreneur at heart, which I love. And I love having conversations with people who have a mindset like you. And I think that being able to identify a gap in the market is where most businesses truly succeed. And But I think that is an opportunity that a lot of the time People don't see or if they see it, they don't take it to actually create a software or a product or whatever that may be that can service the gap in the market. So I think that you really harnessing that opportunity is what what I love to hear and what builds amazing businesses. So can you share with us, now you have scaled multiple businesses to six plus figures. Can you share with us what that looks like? Um, Kind of a breakdown of the process of starting something from basically nothing and then scaling it to be extremely successful.
1: Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, I would say (laughs) step number one, or I guess something to understand First off, I'm I'm no, I don't consider myself as like some expert, um, but uh, you know, in my advice, for sure has biases attached to it, um, so maybe understand that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would say probably the the number one thing that I do better than most is I just get started, like I just dive in. I'm not scared. So like for example, my Etsy shops I scaled from zero to hundred thousand that first year. It's not like nothing massive, but I was like some twenty three year old kid um, who didn't have any experience I, I think the biggest thing there was i didn't I didn't see barriers to entry I saw opportunities so for example like when i I saw friends on Etsy who were selling and doing really well and i it wasn't like oh lucky them it was more like no I'm gonna go to Etsy oh wow I, I started researching on how. How, how to find out if, if like this listing is doing well, like okay, about how many sales do you think they're getting? Um, identifying cool products that would actually sell well. And then instead of thinking like, oh, well, you know, to build a baby gate, you know, you need like a space. I need like a garage. I don't even have a garage. I need tools. I literally, my, my Etsy shop, I fulfilled out of my unfinished basement in my town. I bought like a chop saw, and i just started prototyping shit in my unfinished basement and so i think that's probably the biggest thing is see opportunities don't see barriers to entry and um yeah like that from there not being afraid to dive in and just fail like i mean my first couple of prototypes they they looked like shit <laughs> and like i listed a couple of things that just didn't sell and, and you just, it's just such an iterative process like, oh, this wasn't selling cause my images were bad. I took them on an iPhone five <laughs> or um, wow, this design was really bad or, oh, my coating of paint was really bad. Let me research that. So getting started, seeing opportunities, not bearish entry. And then understanding it's just, it's an iterative process. Like even, even luminous, me diving in, I had no clue what it was supposed to become. I, I just understood my why. That was, and that's what drove me. So, like Luminous, my why was like pretty clear at the beginning. It was most multi-channel e-commerce companies stagnate or fail before 10 million in revenue. Luminous is going to be the best, most effective to use product on the market that will service these companies. How am I going to get there? Like, I I don't think that matters, actually, in my opinion. Same with an Etsy shop. Like, that Etsy shop and Amazon shop at that time, my why was, like, I want to learn how to build and sell products and replace my income. That was my why. And I just figured out how to do it. So, maybe that's the that. broad-
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I think that is such simple advice that I think it's almost too simple that a lot of people overlook it. And just getting started in anything, whether it's your business that you want to start, or for me, whether it's, you know, knowing that I'm not aligned in my home country and wanting to see what else is out there, just taking that first step is really what is going to make the action in the future. And I like to, and I know on the podcast before, I've used the example of myself where if I chose not to leave my home country six years ago, I would not be sitting where I am today interviewing you for the podcast. You know, like my life would not be what it is today, but it is because I took that first step and I didn't know where that first step was going to go. It's kind of like the staircase analogy. You just have to take the first step. You don't have to see the whole staircase. And I definitely six years ago did not see the whole staircase.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah for sure and like even even back to luminous for me when i when i first started building the product like i had i had no clue like where do you start building like an erp system like seriously wh- where do you start do you start in purchase order management do you start in order management do you, like there's there's so many checkpoints at the supply chain I, I didn't even know where to start like i just dove in so i found fa- I, I found a client who would be willing mm-hmm to be my first beta. So it was one of the clients that I was sourcing for at the time. So like in my old sourcing division. Um, and I just approached him. I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to supply chain. I've been like managing your, your production and everything for a long time. Now you trust me, just bring me on as an employee. I'm building this software in the background. I think it'll, it'll help you. And so I took Qual- their, their name was Qualtree So they're, they're a, they're a multi-channel direct to consumer brand. They they do about $15 million a year in revenue. So went to them and I was just like, hey, can I get this started with you guys? What do you think? And I was just like pimping out my services, basically, like just so they would implement my software for free. And they took it on. And so I started with just like a purchase order management system and it's grown into like so much more from there. And just being able to like roll with the punches and just see the opportunity and dive in. Even, even with Qualtry, like I had no clue what the system was going to become and what my path at Qualtry was. Like I actually, I ended up becoming CEO of Qualtry for, you know, about two years or so while, which was the best thing that could have happened for Luminous because I was CEO of this $15 million brand. That's, directly in my ICP, in my in my ideal customer profile. Like there's tons of qual trees out there. And that's the, the customer Luminous was trying to serve. And I was able to be CEO of that company while building Luminous and like understanding their problems and understanding the gap in the market even more. And um, yeah, so like I, I had no clue that, that was not planned out. I just knew what my why was and I was just dove in and got started.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a really great example of just dive in, just take that first step. And you you don't know, I'm sure you didn't see yourself here in X amount of years, but now you love it and you're learning so much as you go. So I am curious in you saying all of this, what are some tools or resources that you have utilized either to get to where you are today um, within your business, whether that is software tools or whether that is more Tools that you can use maybe for meditation or something along those lines to really make you the best entrepreneur that you can be
1: yeah, oh we can open up a can of worms here <laughs> <laughs> so so during that like super crazy time in my life where I was I was CEO of Qualtry, which is, you know a 100 employee company, and I was building luminous and I was also fundraising um, for luminous we were, we were going through fundraising like super tumultuous time in business, like very busy, a lot of good stuff happening in my personal life. um, I'm just setting the stage, like why this is so important for me Um, in my personal life. During that time, I was, I was going through a divorce and I left my childhood religion, which was like a massive deal. Like my whole family shunned me during that time. And also my dad died like all during those times. So like dealing with all three of those things while I was in such an important point in my career, um, I realized that I was so woefully unequipped with emotional tools to, to process the information happening around me. And so I've, I've had to learn firsthand how to, Take my emotions, my thoughts, and really understand them, con- control them, or reframe them in some ways, so it doesn't uh, destroy your life. Um, so something that's really worked for me has. So I, I I believe in like coaching and therapy. I actually I have a business coach and I have a therapist. Um, something that I, I strongly believe in. Something that. Obviously, there's bad coaches and there's bad therapists and there's good coaches and good therapists. It all depends on what works for you. Um, don't be fooled by a bad coach or a bad therapist. Like always, always gut check it. Um, but what's what's worked for me is reframing thoughts and also just I know this sounds so ba- basic, but emotional childhood versus emotional adulthood. I think all the way up until. I was like 27. I was just an emotional child. I I didn't know how to experience grief. I didn't know how to experience anxiety. I didn't know how to experience stress and just like allow those emotions and let them process. I would just, I would numb everything out through like work or through my phone or through this or that. And what's really helped me is um, I don't want to be like the stereotypical entrepreneur that gives advice on like audiobooks and meditation <laughs> but for me just sitting down every day and pausing and not not even people say be intentional like okay I'm gonna intentionally feel my anxiety right now I'm gonna intentionally feel my grief like just for me it hasn't worked like that it's just like just having a moment in the day to just sit down and then like, let just watch yourself for me. Like I just sit down for about 10, 15 minutes every single day I could, or I could be on a walk. I just allow, I know that sounds weird, but in, and I watch myself what I do. Like if I'm immediately wanting to go to my phone, like to Instagram and scroll or immediately, I'm like thinking about work or immediately I want to watch a show or like do whatever it's, I'm normally numbing and I just watch myself like, okay, what are, what are you numbing? What are you running from? And I just sit and try to allow it. Like, and typically there's like some grief there, like with my dad's passing or something I hadn't processed or like there's some anxiety. I just need to sit and feel or, you know, something. And I guess you could call that meditation. I don't, I don't really know what that is, but maybe just feeling your emotions like a, an adult, um, something that took me a long time to, to learn how to actually do. And I'm still not perfect at it, but uh, yeah, that's been massive for me.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I think um, you totally hit the nail on the head there that even sometimes I find, and I'm sure a lot of other business owners and entrepreneurs find the same thing. It's very easy to not feel things or not want to process things and just turn to work instead. Of course, you know, there's social media, there's many, there's like countless platforms out there that you can turn to. But I think as a business owner, a lot of the times I find myself just turning to business because you can rationalize it very easily. And oh, well, this is, my work and I'm just doing work and this is what needs to get done anyway. So I'm just doing it a little bit sooner. And it's very easy mm-hmm. to rationalize because it's not like turning to social media where it's mindless. It's actually your work. Um, but yeah. sometimes, and it can be very difficult I'm sure you've struggled with this. And I know I have to sometimes take a break from your job, from work, whatever you're doing, especially when it's something that you're passionate about and you enjoy. Um, and to take that break and to tell yourself, you know, no, I'm going to step away for one hour, two hours, maybe the whole day, you know, and that can be very scary. But I think as, um, as entrepreneurs, that is something that you kind of have to have that mindset shift of it's not always work or work to block things out, you know, you have to have the time to think and process and do other things that isn't on your laptop or work related.
1: Yeah, because it, it can be really dangerous for entrepreneurs, because you, if you don't take control of that, the lines between work and life are like extremely blurred and i don't know i'm, I'm the type of person i the general idea of like work life balance I, it's a for me it's a strange concept to grasp i think i think it's figuring out how to integrate your work with your life um, but entrepreneurs are especially at risk if like if you go to work for numbing like oh, my God, you can literally, oh, you can numb all day if you want to, and then you burn out hard after a couple months, and you're just like, man, why do I have to keep taking these vacations? And I feel like I'm always running on fumes. It's like, yeah, well, you're probably not integrating your work into your life very well, and you're probably just diving into it to numb out those negative emotions that you should probably just feel and allow. Um Yeah, I've definitely been guilty of that, though.
0: Yeah, me too. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have been there, and I think it's it can be very you can be very susceptible if you have an online business or something that you're building online because all you have to do is just open up your computer and all your work is there. And sometimes, um, for me too, it's it can definitely be a struggle. But you're right; you do have to kind of find that
1: balance. Well, especially you also have a client based business as well. So you you have a marketing agency. It's And for me, like we're, we're enterprise software for our clients. So it's, it's easy to want to be the fixer. Like, Oh, this client has an issue. This user has an issue. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to like, there's never a shortage of problems to be reactive and dive into. And in fact, that's, it's actually been, man, that's, I would say that's one of the challenges of running a business kind of like ours where it's like clientele based and you're trying to scale is the, the this urge to be reactive to everything. Cause you're, if you're reactive to everything, you're not building for anything in the future. And that's, that's actually been a massive challenge for me. Like
0: my first couple years in Luminous. Um. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it took me, it definitely took me a little bit of time to realize exactly what you just said, which is if you are reactive to everything in your business, it's not going to be beneficial to your business in the long run. And it's not going to allow it for the growth that it could have. Um, and so I think you're you're totally right. Running a client-based business, it's very different um, than other types of businesses where it's so easy to just always you know, be on call or be plugged in on your computer, but you have to really have that mindset and mentality. And I think that also does come with, of course, having the right mentality, but being in business for some time and realizing that that's not a sustainable way to run your business.
1: Yeah. And your clients will be like, understand that people tend to catastrophize things. So that's the business owner and the user or the client. It's like, are they really going to cancel if I don't text back right away? Like, Probably not. Like and it, it's like getting good at prioritizing and like seeing to okay, everybody wants to be the number one priority. And it's like, okay, no. And and also understand like, okay, I'm gonna put systems in place for this. Like we'll have a chat team right here that that takes these things. And yeah, that's that's been god, that's there's a that's a whole topic right there, like
0: how not to be reactive in a business. Yeah, I totally agree. That could be like a whole nother three podcast episodes. But I really want to chat with you about, so you have been in the e-commerce space for many years. I would love to hear your take on how the industry has changed over the last Mm. five, 10 years, because um, I know that a lot of people listening would love to build something for themselves. And a lot of people want to build something in the e-commerce space. There is so much opportunity. And I think, especially post-COVID, that opportunity is only growing. But that industry has changed a lot, um, like I said, in the past 5, 10 years. And then I'm sure after COVID, there was a very... Big different change as well. So, are you able to speak to what the changes have looked like and how you have adjusted your company to fit those changes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I, I would say, yeah, this is something I'm very passionate about. There really has been a tectonic shift in commerce in general, and I mean the the way that we do business is fundamentally different than a couple of decades ago. It's it truly has been like the slow decline of big box retail and big box brands, um, and the rise of this idea of like a direct consumer brand. Um, so yeah, I mean obviously e-commerce has been on the rise year over year over the past couple decades. It's been massive with the the growth of platforms like eBay and then Amazon and then you have random pockets of these weird third-party channels popping up like Jane.com fair is a really cool wholesale platform. Etsy. There's so many third-party platforms with audiences that fulfill on a certain niche for an audience and just the overall creative ability to build a Squarespace website or like Wix or Shopify or Shopify B2B. You can if you think it, you can manufacture it, distribute it, and sell it. Like, you truly can. And there's there's so much misinformation about, in this current landscape, what, what the, in my opinion, what, like, the best side hustles are. Like, if somebody wants to get started. Um, that's also something I'm very passionate about. But I, I would say, like, where e-commerce sits today is you're you're slowly seeing the there's blurred lines between big box retail brands and direct consumer and direct consumer where for example there's there's so many clothing brands that were in big box retail like Nordstrom and Macy's and like all these massive retail distribution changes and like that that was the way to do business back then it's like you develop a product you you get distribution become a vendor for Macy's or for whoever whatever the the market you're going after you get you understand the buyers what they want you forge the relationships with the buyers and they're all assholes <laughs> and you have to kiss their feet and if they like you they'll buy your product then you'll see how and it's all about shelf space it's totally different now like nobody's kissing the buyers ass anymore unless maybe maybe Costco and like other other buyers but you truly do have the ability to take market share of those big box retail brands. And you can do it in very different ways. Um, You can attack it on Amazon. You can build your own brand. That's just way cheaper than what's selling in, you know, whatever the big box retail store is. Um, So it's really interesting with, with that, with the rise in e-commerce has become there's this rise in this new type of business owner too, which this is actually where Luminous fits in. Like, so instead of who, who would run supply chain and distribution for like big brands? Well, it's, you're integrating with retailers who have SAP, Nets, like these massive ERPs. And so the, the business owner of these brands and the people that they would attract it's mbas it's people with like real supply chain background caterpillar and like these massive companies and they know how to run a forecast and they've been trained in excel and they know how to do all these things like compare that with the multi channel e-commerce operator that's in this shift in commerce these owners like they're not mbas they're dropouts <laughs> like they don't they don't freaking know how to use SAP. They don't know how to do a freaking forecast. Are you kidding me? Like they're just scrappy entrepreneurs who like they spit in the face of every everything that big box retail was. Which is why I think you have you have these legacy systems like SAP and NetSuite trying to go down market to service these people and it's just not working very well. It's not It's because they're they're fundamentally misunderstanding who their user is and this, what this tectonic shift in commerce has done. It's like the average, average everyday person can build and scale a D to C brand to 5 million, 10 million, 20 million in five years. Um, It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So that's, that's, that's where Luminous fits. And that's kind of my observation on it. Um. I think something interesting is, okay, well, with this shift in commerce, where could somebody start a side hustle so that they could travel the world or so they could do something? I think there's a lot of bad information out there. Well, maybe not bad information, like exaggerated. Like I, in my opinion, it's a bit hyperbolic to say that you can start a dropship store and like crush it. I don't, to be honest, I don't, Success is far and few between in starting a dropship side hustle that everybody advertises, or like Amazon FBA, like that's kind of like the new thing. Oh, how you make money? Oh, you just find this private label product, you research on Jungle Scout, and you go here. And it's like, why am I only getting ten percent margins? Why is my shit just sitting in FBA? Like a lot of these side hustles that are glorified, which some people have success in, I think the vast majority of people fail in. I I'm actually a little bit more passionate about some more realistic side hustles. Like I'm of the belief that, for example, anybody can start on Etsy. There's no IP around Etsy. So this might be controversial to say, but like, I feel like most everything's fair game on Etsy, like not encouraging people to just copy somebody's idea. Like obviously put your own twist on it, but Etsy is such a good marketplace to get started on. The only, your only barriers to entry are your ability to find a good selling product and then figure out how to make that and the tools there, which are typically not as expensive as you think. I I think somebody could make 50K a year. They could go from zero to 100K in sales on Etsy if they just identified a product, taught themselves the skills to make it and then marketed it superior to the other sellers like i i think that's one of the most viable things that you could do to make six figures like honestly it's um now maybe you're not going to build like this massive brand around that but like if you just want a side hustle that can do business like that's then that's great also another one is fair fair.com it's it's like a so that's a lot of people don't know about it. Um, it's it's a wholesale platform. So I know a lot of a lot of FBA sellers who have like a bunch of random inventory. They'll they'll sell it on fair.com. Fair.com is a wholesale platform. That's that's risen in the past couple of years. It's a massive way you can actually become a seller pretty easily. And you can buy goods wholesale and resell them. Um, you can start small there. There's also Another cool side hustle that I've seen people consistently make money on is eBay and specifically going to, you know, like real estate sales, the DI here locally in Utah, like finding these things, these, these collectibles that you can buy for 10 bucks and then like sell for 120. I know tons of friends that actually do that. And the, the key is what's the skill there to acquire. It's understanding what has value that other people are not seeing. And typically it's like collectibles or it's older items. I know a couple of friends that make 50 K a year from that. Um, another, another one that I would say is um, there's random third party platforms that already have the audience. It's just, you find a product and market on there and it's, it's higher chance of success than like, selling something on Amazon. So for example, Jane.com. I know a bunch of Jane sellers. In fact, I used to source for a lot of them and similar to Etsy. Like it's a very niche market. If What's the skill to acquire there? Understand how Jane works. Like they're a deal based platform that if you're, if you pick a product that can retail between like $5 and $30, do you pick the right product? Buy it in bulk. You can, I mean, you can crush it and they'll pick up your product for another deal and another deal and another deal. And they'll ask for more products. Um, I, there's so many different ways to make money other than drop shipping and Amazon FBA. And you just have to be curious to like dive into, okay, how are those sellers making money? What What is the skill that I have to acquire here? And then go and acquire it and go and do it if you really want a side hustle. Um, that was a really long answer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that answered your question.
0: Yeah, no, that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, you're the expert. So I love hearing it from you and knowing what, your, what you would do if you had to start basically from zero again and, you know, all the options that are available. So I would love and, and I love what you said about basically not reinventing the wheel. There are so many things out there that you can do as a side hustle or build it into a business for yourself um, that other people are doing, but almost just do it better. And I'm sure every entrepreneur has heard this before, but, you know, see what's working and do it better. Make it your own. Um, And so really not reinventing the wheel. And I think that is something that can be a common misconception is like, I need to do something that's brand new and no one's ever heard of. Well, is that tested? Do you know that that's going to work? Is there a market for that? So I would love to hear you being the expert, what are your resources or what would you recommend for somebody who, and I know that there are many people out there who would like to get involved in the e-commerce space, whether it's starting out as a side hustle or building something of their own eventually, what resources would you lead them to or would you tell them to Uh, check out or be conscious of in the beginning of their journey? Because I know that there are so many courses on, like you said, the FBA and the dropship, but it can be very difficult to actually make those successful. So what would you recommend?
1: Yeah, good question. So I'm trying to think where to start. I would say number one is YouTube. I mean, you can YouTube anything these days. Like you can YouTube how to research a product on Amazon, um, it, God, you you can acquire so many skills on YouTube. I, I honestly, that's probably number one. It's like you can YouTube anything, use it. Um, second thing, I probably say for me, I I really, I always loved research tools that showed me opportunity. So, and Amazon is just such a good marketplace to like look at opportunity on. You don't even need to necessarily sell on Amazon, but there's just so many products being launched every single day. If you want like ideas, go and search, um, some tools there. Like if somebody's ever used jungle scout or viral launch or helium 10, um, those are some really cool analytical tools. I like jungle scout. I like the Chrome extension. Um, I, I even just like, even though I don't sell on Amazon right now, I, uh, I still will fiddle around like finding niches. I just think it's fun. Um, so yeah, tools like Jungle Scout to identify opportunity. Um, then, hmm, I would say so. I'm, I'm pretty passionate about project management. So there's so many free tools. I, I really like Monday.com and Asana. Um, I've used a bunch of project management tools, and there's, there's even like a project management tool within Luminous. Um, But I would say Asana or monday.com, they're both like fairly similar. But if as you are trying to execute, you've crystallized your idea a little bit more, plan it out, put it in the project management software. Um, I think I've done that with, in some capacity in everything I've done. And it, it just helps so much to, organize, plan, and break down the milestones of what you're trying to achieve and put it in the system, even if it's just for yourself. Um, So that's been massive for me as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing like some of the tools that you use as well. And I love that you bring up um, the Chrome extensions and then also the project management software. (laughs) I love, and I'm probably the same as you, I love putting everything and keeping everything organized because I always say, you know, if I keep things in my head, it's going to get lost somewhere at some point. So I like everything to be written down. And I use ClickUp, which is very similar to Asana. Mm, Yeah. Um, And so I like everything to just be there. And I know it's all very organized. And I think that if if you don't have the organization, then the project management tool is pretty useless. Um, Yeah. But I like to just keep everything in there. And it's like my second brain.
1: Oh, and I, I forgot last thing HubSpot. Oh, my God. I've used HubSpot at every single company that I've been at, um, including my own. And it's just, it's so delightful to use. It's free to get started. Um, the, their automations and workflows are amazing. If you have a client-based business, like their pipelines, and um, they, they have so many integrations too, to third-party tools. Um, if, you, if you want some more tools that I'm just delighted to use, that like I, I it's, it was like a secret for me. So Jira, Atlassian, Um, I, oh my God, intercom. I love intercom. So, so intercom is this platform that it's, it's the, it's typically, you'll see it on websites. It's like that chat box on the bottom, right? That's actually intercom. But the functionalities are insane for a client-based business. Like I can, I, I can build articles and FAQs. I can have a chat bot that answers questions for my clients using the software. Like, how do I do this? And it just recommends an article right there. Um, they have, they have integrations with our development project management software where you, they can log bugs. This customer service can, can log bl- bugs directly in intercom. There's so many automations set up. Yeah. Intercom HubSpot, JIRA, like all of those are, have been amazing and luminous. And I, I didn't know, like I, I had to bring on my CTO to show me a lot of those tools.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, myself being in the digital space, I love hearing, I'm like, what's all the software that everyone's using in their business. Uh, so I love that. Thank you for sharing. So before yeah. we wrap up, um, I would love to know, and I like to ask this question to last guests, what is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew in the beginning of your journey?
1: Like the one thought that comes up for me is chill the fuck out. <laughs> like, um that's it yeah, as till the fuck out, Jared, like it's gonna be okay. you don't have to like this is happening, it's gonna be okay, just keep going. Um, the anxiety that you're bringing and not and choosing not to process is just sit, it's gonna be okay, like just keep going that that's what I would tell myself like if I was 26, 27 again.
0: I love that. I can tell you are such a true entrepreneur just from that. It's so easy to um, let like everything really just affect you when you're growing, scaling, running a business in the day to day. Um, And, you know, I love that. I would probably say the exact same thing. Just chill the fuck out. Everything is going to be okay. It's all going to work out the way that it was meant to. So, Jared, thank you for being on the show. Where can people find you and your business to learn more?
1: Uh, honestly, probably just on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, it's Luminous. My com- uh, The website is joinluminous.com, J-O-I-N, luminous.com, L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S. Um, if you are, if somebody does happen to have a, a brand that does in-house fulfillment, so you have your own warehouse, um, and there's some complexity, your inventory is a mess, reach out to me. Um, I can definitely help you. Awesome. And I guess I should say too, I'm also, I'm starting my own YouTube channel and actually in the next week, I'm going to start, I'm going to start filming videos. Like for example, how to go from zero to hundred thousand on Etsy, like just little tidbits that I've learned. Um, so that's, that's also going to be under the luminous YouTube channel. So maybe you can check that out if it, if it drops.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jared, for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. What an episode, Jared, thank you for being on the show and for sharing your years of wisdom and knowledge in the e-commerce space. If you are thinking about or wanting to start an e-commerce business, this is definitely the podcast episode for you. Jared has so much experience within this realm. And in this episode, he's given so many actionable tips to get started and resources that he uses within his business. Jared, thank you once again for being on the show. You can find all of Jared's links down below and you can also find my links down below as well. I'm your host, Nicole, a.k.a. Nomad Neeks for the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. And I look forward to having you listen in to the next episode.